Hey, bubblies, and welcome to My Streaming Bubble. It's that little old podcast that talks about the shows that I love with the people I tolerate. And today, I'm excited to welcome someone new to tolerate. She's half of the podcast, Big Reputations, and a qualified show watcher and talker. I'm thrilled to welcome Bex to the Bubble. Welcome! Hello. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So as I said, she uh, Bex is one half of a podcast. So Bex, do you want to tell us a little bit about your podcast and where it can be found? Yeah, sure. So the podcast you're referring to is called Big Reputations, and it's a podcast where we discuss women that society has judged harshly, and we kind of break it down and say, hey, there's more to the story than than maybe people initially considered. And um, yeah, I mean, we've covered a wide variety of real women. We've covered some fictional characters and even some big topics like, you know, what women wear and Women's History Month and things like that. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the podcast that probably most people know me for. I also work on a podcast called Latinx Visions with one of my co-workers at Baruch College. So we talk about literature, uh, film, television, all that sort of stuff in an academic lens that has to do with the Latinx community. And um, I also am one of four members of Coach Beard's Book Club, which is a Ted Lasso podcast where we take the books that appear in the show, read them, and connect them to what we think of the characters and the plot and everything of Ted Lasso. Oh, my God. That is so cool. That is such a fun idea. I love it. Very awesome. It's so fun. We just started out. We're like, we're a book club. This is fun. And we're like, you know what? We should record this and make it a podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> what a great idea. I think that is so awesome. And yeah, your Big Reputations podcast, I've listened to a handful of episodes and I absolutely love it. I think the Ursula one is still my favorite because I'm very much team Ursula. So. Yes, yes. <laughs> Ursula apologist till till the end. <laughs> absolutely. So, well, welcome. I'm so glad that you are here, as I've said, probably about a billion times now, and I'll probably say a few more million times. But uh, so we are um, not here to talk about Ursula today, unfortunately, but we are here to talk about uh, a show that Bex actually recommended. She reached out and wanted to um, suggest this show for an episode. And so we are covering Bad Sisters season one, and it's available uh, to stream on Apple TV. And it stars Sharon Horgan, Clay Spong. Um, I just want to note that I did look these up and I tried my best to practice them, uh, the pronunciation of some of these names, and then try to write it out so I could pronounce them properly. Yeah. But so I do apologize if it's still not that great. But um, and you, then you sound good to me. Oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> I tried really hard. <laughs> uh, and then there's Eve Hewson, uh, Sarah Green, Anne Marie Duff. Eva Berthasil, Brian Gleason, Daryl McCormick, and Sazie Quinn. And I apologize because I found that name on two different sites with two different pronunciations. And I was like, that is the least helpful thing I have found all day. Uh, but it is spelled S-A-I-S-E. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, those Irish names. <laughs> oh, I know. Like, they're beautiful. But I'm just kind of like, I don't know how to pronounce that. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> so so this is your spoiler warning and brief synopsis of the show. So what IMDb says is, 
follows the Garvey sisters who are bound together by the death of their parents and a promise to always protect each other. What I wrote was bad sisters, more like the best sisters, am I right? Because I love all these women. They are the best. Yes. Yeah. I I saw that and I was like, "Mm." if I were to sum it up in one sentence, I'd go with four sisters trying to save their other sister from an abusive, manipulating, gaslighting prick. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> so we will get right into it. And just real quick, we'll do a content warning for discussions surrounding mental, emotional, physical abuse, sexual assault, and uh, suicide. So yeah, it's it's a heavy show in that regard. It is. It touches on a lot of these very, very heavy subjects, but there are there's funny parts to it as well. And so it's, the show is so perfectly well balanced. Um, But Bex, why don't you go ahead and share with us your general thoughts of the season? I, I personally love the way it was laid out, right? The, um, the way that you start knowing the ending, right? They come at you and they're like, this guy is dead. We're at his funeral. Here's the deal. And then it's a matter of like, well, how did we get to this point? How did he die? What's happening? Why are people feeling the way they are in particular scenes, like at the funeral scene, in the the wake, all of that? They, you you start out with so many questions, even though you, technically you have the answer, right? He's dead and yay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Spoiler already. <laughs> Um, but it is like you're rooting for his death. And even though you know he's going to die, like every episode, you're like, come on now, now. Oh and you God. know, like, yeah. because you know what television, how it works, you're like, well, it's not going to come out until like one of the last couple episodes at the latest that he actually dies. But you're just like, oh, come on, let's go. <laughs> um, yeah, I really like that. That the whole show got me thinking, like, how is it going to happen? Who is actually going to be the one to do it? Where? Is it, was it just an accident? Was it actually a murder? You know, because we've got these insurance bros who are um, digging into if it was a murder or not. And they've got their own reasons for that. I'm sure we'll get to discussing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say I was a little bit, I don't want to say confused about their purpose in the beginning, but I was kind of like, oh, this is a side story. I'm not sure I need until right. you realize that you do very much need that side story. Right. Yep. Um, and the finale was like it was the perfect way to end that storyline absolutely like i don't think you could have come up with a better solution because you do get so attached to all these characters that you're just like well i don't well, i don't want it to anything bad to happen to anyone at this point <laughs> exactly. except the one that i know is dead yeah <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree. I was instantly hooked, especially after I finished that first episode, which I thought was probably top notch, like a damn near perfect series premiere. We're introduced to the characters kind of right away. We we see all the players, the chessboards being set up. We're like, okay, so here's what we got going on. There's someone who's died. And like right away, I was like, oh, I'm already sad and worried for Grace. Uh, and then shortly after, I was like, oh, my God, this guy needs to fucking go. Uh, <laughs> but I oh, just, he's so bad. <laughs> oh, he's the fucking worst. And um, but, yeah, I just thought that the way and the, like what the problem is and, you know, the conflict of of the of the series of the season is going to be so that that first episode like instantly had me because, like you said, we we get the ending. But how did we get there? So I was all in for the ride. 
Um, I do a lot of my pod prep in the like late at night, 10, 11 o'clock. And so I sometimes fall asleep maybe around midnight or so. I was up watching two episodes, wide awake, following along until like one o'clock in the morning. One night I got three episodes in. I don't know how. <laughs> I just, I couldn't stop watching. Yeah. And yeah. And I, I, I just, I fell for the show immediately. I loved the characters. I loved the storyline. I loved the storytelling. And yes, I even kind of came around to the insurance bros because <laughs> yeah, for, for a while I'm like, I, uh, I don't Especially care. one of them. Especially yes. one of them. You're just like, uh. Yeah. For a while, I'm like, I'm not sure which one I dislike most. Like, it's easy to hate the prick because it's so obvious. But then with insurance, bro, you're just kind of like, yeah, but you're a sneaky fucker. Like, at right. least you kind of know what you're getting with JP. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. You don't understand why um, Thomas is doing and like why he's behaving exactly the way he is until about halfway through the show. And then and you're like, okay, well, I kind of sympathize, but also you're a dumbass for thinking that was the way to solve it. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, why? <laughs> why? And then it's like, well, and they get so like detective-y on it where you're just kind of, after a while, especially after you find out why, you're kind of like, okay, but seriously, how? Like these guys are are getting there. So, but we will, we'll still circle back to the insurance bros, I'm sure. But let's start with the Garvey sisters, the Garvey girls. So we have Eva, Bibi, Grace, Ursula, and Becca. Yes. Um, you definitely know, you, you realize Eva's the oldest one, that, and Eva's being played by Sharon Horrigan. Um, and she's she's the the matriarch of the family you know mm -hmm. you, you learn that their parents died in a car accident they don't really i don't remember did they say like when about how old they were but you get the sense it was it had to while. be when the other sisters were minors or at least most of them were minors because there is talk about especially with becca mm -hmm. her raising them um and i had to look up the order the birth order because i thought behavioral wise i kind of put bb in the second born spot mm -hmm. but she's according to wikipedia and uh, you know how much trust you put in that is one thing mm -hmm. but she's apparently the second youngest okay and then i was like well i can see that too i guess but i had to i had to actively think on it and it was grace who's the second born and i'm like well if she wasn't the matriarch but she was older when their parents died that might have affected some of her her behaviors as well mm -hmm. so um yeah yeah i i tried to i guessed i tried to guess the the birth order of the sisters and originally i had eva grace ursula bb and becca yeah that's right oh okay because then throughout the way that eva and bb you know because they're the first ones to try and plot so basically the sisters are going to try and kill jp because he's married to grace and he's a he's a prick he's a terrible <laughs> fucking person yes um, <laughs> i was so like how many swears can i say because i want to see them all <laughs> all the swears uh, yes very sweary podcast so <laughs> feel free unleash but so yeah so i thought um yeah so so but then after a while i was like well maybe maybe bb's actually like the second oldest that's what I thought. Because of the way that uh, Eva and BB kind of come together. They're the first ones to start plotting everything. Um, but I can also see BB, you know, being the oldest of the brunette children. And maybe Eva and BB having a special kind of connection in, a se in, in, an, in another way. So, Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So 
But yeah, I I loved these sisters. I love. I don't. Uh, I think BB's my favorite. Yeah, I'm torn between BB and Becca. I'm not gonna lie, and it's not just the name thing. Uh, <laughs> but um, I am actually one of five sisters. I mean, oh. technically, I'm one of eight, but there were five of us that grew up together, and then there was kind of a second batch after most of us had moved out. Mm-hmm. Um, and my sisters always give me a hard time. They're like, every time you watch a show with sisters, you're trying to associate each one of us with each one. And I'm like, I can't do that in this show. I can't. Like, it just makes me feel bad about either myself or them or, you know, like, because these sisters are so imperfect, mm-hmm. you know, and they've all got their issues and they've all got their, like, Ursula is probably like, that's the one that's hardest for me to parallel with any of my sisters. Cause I'm just like, no, mm. no, I don't, I don't want to imagine anyone in the position that Ursula was in. Yeah. Um, but I'm kind of, I'm kind of a tie between BB and Becca cause BB just goes hard mm-hmm. and, and I'm here for it. But, um, but I also appreciated Becca's sort of I mean, obviously, Grace is the outsider in most of this story because they don't want to loop her in on their murder plots. Mm-hmm. But Becca is the one who's kind of like pushed out a little bit and like they're trying to protect her. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm the oldest of my five sisters, but my sister, Brooke, who's the next one under me, um, we're a blended family. So she's only like eight months younger than me. She's the Eva to me. Like that one, okay. that one I can't because she's much more maternal and much more like making sure everybody's okay and like let's protect this person and that so I'm like she can have that spot (laughs) but yeah I don't other than that I don't see any direct parallels between like I'll see aspects of characters Mm -hmm. in in my sisters but yeah I can't just line up and be like well you're the BB and you're the (laughs) Ursula because I would just no that's terrible like they they would hate me forever (laughs) Oh, too funny. Yeah, I was kind of curious if you um, had siblings like sisters and how many I I only have a younger brother. So, you know, in terms of specifically a sister connection, not so much. Um, Yeah. But I there's a seven year age difference between my brother and I and I'm the oldest. So in, in in some ways, I well, in a lot of ways, I can always uh, sympathize, empathize with the oldest sibling. Yeah, for the most part. So in this show, I kind of felt a little bit of connection with Eva, uh, just that responsibility. My my mm-hmm. responsibility over my brother was not the same as hers, but just having that and just that older sibling that. role. Yeah, yes. no, I got you. I got you. Yeah, it's been ingrained in us. And it's so funny because my husband is because he has an older brother. So my husband is the little brother and m- our oldest, we always tease Lee, the youngest, and my husband about like, oh, those little brothers, oh, that those little siblings, and we kind of look at each other like, right, like these guys, come on. So <laughs> <laughs> that's always a little fun for us, but yeah, um, but yeah, I like personally, I felt uh, another connection to BB because I love, I'm always a sucker for uh, women characters with like that dark hair, and she's kind of got like that. Um, that sassy attitude and I I just I loved her and I appreciated her bluntness and like you said she just goes in goes hard and I love it she she's all for the whole paintball thing and oh my god um, oh that was so heartbreaking because <laughs> it was so like sad. 
So for the listeners, I mean, obviously, hopefully we, you've watched this or you're good for spoilers because mm-hmm. we, we gave spoiler warnings, right? But like BB has that eye patch in the beginning and you're just like, oh, where did that come from? And you don't find that out until later either, mm-hmm. like how that came about. And the fact that in their attempt to kill him during the paintball game, she ends up shooting someone else's eye out is just like, ow, ow. Yeah. Like, it's so, you just feel for her, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, and she, like, immediately, too, like, the guilt that she felt and and very, very kind of on the nose, the eye for an eye, because they kept asking, kept kind of saying, like, this isn't for revenge, is it? And she's like, no, no, it's it's for grace. It's for grace. So I think in kind of that moment, we really do get a sense that maybe it really was a bit of of revenge. But, yeah, you know, you find out throughout the series that JP, Grace's husband, also known as the prick, he has negatively impacted each one of these sisters lives. So with BB, he was responsible for uh, the car accident in which she lost her eye because only a dipshit drives around with a pointy thing on their dashboard. <laughs> like a little, he had like a little Oh my gosh, I didn't even put that together that that's what it was that got her eye out. Oh my gosh, because I just watched the end and she like ripped the figurine mm-hmm. off the, oh my God. Wow. And then she like, yeah, okay. it in the woods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, oh, that, wow. Thank you. Thank yeah, you for yeah. that. No problem. Uh, with Becca, he leads her to believe that he is going to loan her the money so she can buy a studio so she can um, flourish as a mas- massage therapist. Uh, Ursula, what he did to Ursula, and like, don't get me wrong, what he has done to all these sisters is fucking terrible. But the Ursula one broke my heart almost as much as Grace and, and Eva's. Eva's uh, is, stories. Oh, mm. my God, that one was so hard. And, and you don't all, know that one until the very, very end. end. Yep. But so Ursula is married and she has three children, Mm -hmm. but she's having an affair. JP finds out that she's having an affair and gets into her phone and changes her um, lover's name to in contact information to his. So then he's texting her. He's sending it. So JP's sending her all these like sexy texts under the guise of her lover and he asks for a picture of her hoo-hoo, which she sends to him. Oh, no. Like, girl, no. Ursula. <laughs> oh, no. I was screaming at my TV, like, don't. Don't do it. I get it. I get that you're horny for Ben. Like, he's a pretty good-looking guy. I understand. But, like, girl, no. And, oh, I just. And then once Ursula realizes all of that, she has a very visceral physical reaction and throws up a couple of them Mm -hmm. I think ended up doing but yeah I was like I don't blame you I kind of want to throw up on your behalf as well uh and then with oh I'm sorry did you want to add no no I'm just agreeing (laughs) Uh, and then with Eva so throughout the season it's asked a couple of times what is JP's obsession with Grace's sisters what is his deal with the with the Garvey girls yeah and for a while, I was kind of wondering, I was like, did Eva maybe turn down some advances of his? And maybe that's why he ended up with with Grace or something. So much worse. So much worse. And I really didn't want it to be that. But it ended up he had raped Eva. Mm-hmm. And well, presumably this is after he and Grace are married because he said it was or they talked about it being 10 years ago. And Blonde is their daughter is at least 12, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yep. Yes. It wasn't a, oh, I tried with sister one and then just went to sister two instead. No, mm-hmm. it was. Blah, yeah, blah. It, it was straight up a, a power thing. You know, it is. It always is. 
But then when you find out through the storytelling of the series and then they cut back to Eva as she's kind of, as all the sisters are sitting there and everything's all kind of coming out, she, oh my God, I just, I about broke down and was crying because the way that her reaction to that and how she still felt like she was to blame and kind of repeating over and over, like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. Oh, it was so heartbreaking. It's so heartbreaking. Oh, so. Yeah. There was, um, the episode where was right after Becca's whole thing that she did, which we'll talk about, I'm sure in a little Mm -hmm. bit that she was trying to kill the brick, but I think that was that episode. I was like, Oh no, that was, I know who that was. That was not him. That was you're sitting there. But she, at one point she says, uh, I know, I know what JP did to you. And you can see like, and I only picked this up on the rewatch, right? Because now I know, but you see Eva's face kind of like, wait, you know, how do you know? And then she talks about Eva's job and screwing her over for the promotion, which is what the sisters are all aware of. Mm-hmm. But Eva, for that split second, thinks, oh, Becca knows what, ah. what that, like th- that was sort of that read I got the second watch through yeah. with with Eva. It was like, oh, but so heartbreaking. Oh, it was so heartbreaking. And I as as hard as that scene was to watch, I also really, really loved it. It was well acted and I just loved how everything kind of came to light in that moment. And even because it's Grace telling about how she found out. Mm-hmm. She found out through confronting JP and where that all led. And I just want to say that you know, this show has been a lot of people talk about like that sister bond that is very prevalent in this series. And I think it's the most, most obvious in this moment, because the second JP tries to frame it, that it was Eva's fault. That's it for Grace. Like she's yeah. kind of, she's kind of reaching a point where she's just like, that was, that was it for her. Cause she knew her sisters well enough. And then this is the kind of the last straw, the last thing that he could badmouth about his sister because he's constantly gaslighting her. He gaslit her about Becca. Mm-hmm. And, oh, it's just so sad. Yeah, so. It, and I think it's really interesting, too, because he, he would, oh, what was I thinking? It was, oh, I lost it. I had thought it was a good one. Oh, ah! um, oh I think it was, you know, that she's, she's listening to him say that there was a line in that scene, I think a little bit earlier, sometimes I think you love them more than you love me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, yeah, she does. She does. And that's the moment where it really comes to head, right? Where she's like, you're saying this. These are my sisters. When you're telling me this story, my sisters are coming first. That's the line and you've crossed it, you know, and, and it really does show that she's not all the way gone. Yeah. which you you get you're so worried about and the casting was perfect for her character the way in which they portrayed the amory duff yeah. yep yeah um as like so tiny they had her in clothes that were just a little bit too big for her her hair was always kind of just like not like she was always pretty but you could also tell that there was something off yep yeah. If that makes sense. Like, not that you have to be pretty to, you know, whatever, but like they, they definitely created that character in a way that, that highlighted this is, this has been something that's been wearing her down for the, a decade plus. Mm-hmm. So, oh. yep. And especially when you see her 
um, in the finale, in the season finale, after everything's been revealed and she's with her sisters and she finally gets to join them at the 40 foot and jump in. And it's like that confidence, that glow and just kind of the way she holds herself now. And it's like, you definitely see that difference between, you know, the whole rest of the season to Mm -hmm. those kind of final bits. And there it's, it's very, very striking, I think. And so I agree the the casting, the the makeup and costuming. Perfect. Loved it. So all right, let's see. Well, I guess we'll talk about the prick. Uh, <laughs> so, if we must. But... If we must. So first I have to say that Clay's bank um, does such a good job in this because I rooted for his death for 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and every time he came on screen, oh, my God, my blood boiled. I felt like yes. my face turned red. And I'm just like... If you guys don't do it soon, I will. <laughs> right, right. That's, honestly, I think he's probably one of the best villains I've ever seen in a show, or at least for a very long time. Like, I can't think of a more perfect villain. Mm-hmm. A villain that that you despise from beginning to end, but is also not just a walking stereotype. Like, I mm-hmm. think his, because of the way he manipulates and gaslights everyone around him, it it I don't know I yeah he's just he's so creepy like you said you would get so angry every time he came on screen like I had visceral reactions I was like I turned to my husband I was like gagging and like (laughs) oh just like wanting to like you said reach through the screen and take care of it yourself because it's just I I would even worry like somebody was doing something in a scene and I'm like oh no he's gonna come in what's gonna happen when he comes in the scene whether he did or not like I was nervous and anxious for those moments right Mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah he's and with his mom oh yeah the way he treats his mom oh minna oh minna (laughs) or minna (laughs) r.i.p yeah so yeah i i could not say and then in looking up the pronunciation of his name i was on youtube so i'm trying to find interviews with maybe you know with the different members of the cast hoping someone says someone's name yeah um so, but I watched this little clip of him from um, some other, I don't know, movie or series and wonderful actor because I'm like, wow, you actually seem charming and you look really handsome. In okay. Interview. See, that's what I was going to ask because I, it's the only thing I've seen him in. Yep. And I'm like, I need to see him as a good guy in something so that I don't end up like, I know you don't conflate the actor with the the character, but at the same time. His character is so hateable. It's hard for me to look at him and be like, yeah, this could be a good guy. Like, I need to see him in a a, a hero role or at mm-hmm. least a like a, a positive sidekick. I don't know. He's yeah. going to be something good in in another work. And I'm sure there's plenty out there, but I haven't seen it yet. So I know it, it was kind of a nice, like kind of like a, a palate cleanser in that sense where I'm like, Okay, <laughs> here you are. You're talking about uh, some scene with a monkey, working with a monkey in some scene that he was in. And just, it was like a really short clip and he didn't end up saying his no- own name, which is okay, fine. Uh, that's Yeah, I don't, I don't I say my own full yeah. name most of the time either, but we'll, so, we'll forgive him. <laughs> yeah, that'll be, that's all right. But yeah, I was like, okay, all right. Now I feel a little bit better because even like 
getting my notes together and looking on IMDb under Bad Sisters and sh- seeing his name, you know, his the actor's picture with the character name, I still was just like, oh, you did right? a really good job. <laughs> oh, it's so he's so awful. Like from start to finish, just absolutely horrible. Every time you think he can't get worse, he one ups it. Like there were times we were watching, we're like, oh, he's going to do this. And it was like, he did this plus. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, my brain did not even go to him doing this because I just don't think, I don't have that mentality that he has, it feels like. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I, one of the other things I really appreciated about this show too with the JP character is at no point did they try to redeem him. Right. His character. They just kind of left him as a piece of shit the whole way through. So I was starting to get a little worried, you know, we kind of reaching the halfway point. I'm like, it's not, it, you know, it's not uncommon for shows and movies to do that, you know, to take your despicable character and try to throw a little humanity at them. So I'm glad they didn't do that because I'm like, I really don't want to at all give a shit about this dude. Right. So, the um, closest I feel like they came was in the scene where he finds his mother mm-hmm. in the freezer. Um, and he does start to cry, but then it turns into this creepy ass maniacal laugh. And mm-hmm. you're just like, so here we see that scene and I'm like, oh, he'll call the cops and be like, look, my mother murdered him and like stuck him in a drawer. But obviously she has dementia. And so there's probably that's going to be less believable. Mm-hmm. But also how often had she been going down there to visit him in the drawer? No, that couldn't have been her first time. It I, couldn't I just, have been. Yeah, because that was very unprovoked. Um, But then he just like started laughing and I was like, okay, that's you're gross. You're awful. And then he like thaws her out like. And yeah, like does her hair all nice, like kind of like his own little Norman Bates moment. Right. He's a Ah! Swedish Norman Bates. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, Oh, God. Yeah, that was that was so weird. And it's like on one hand, I'm kind of like. Everyone grieves differently, Jen. Don't judge. Like when he's laughing. But it's the prick. But it's the prick. And I'm like, but it exactly. I was like, but fuck him. <laughs> he's an asshole. Oh, <laughs> but I'm so awful. So awful. So what it has. So each, almost each episode is the sisters. Each sister has a different idea attempt to try and take out JP. So after multiple failed attempts, um, BB and the paintball gun, um, Ursula is a nurse, so she tries to help with getting um, just a super roofie him, yep. and that didn't go well. And That was funny as hell, though. The way he did that scene, he's like <laughs> poo-bearing it down the marina dock. I was just like, oh. <laughs> so it makes me think that uh, Cleese has some comedic chops for he him must. to be able to pull that off and be comfortable mm-hmm. in doing that and just knowing what that visual was going to be and that that's going to add a bit of humor to some of these very dark, heavy themes. Um, oh, yeah. And then blowing up the cabin. <laughs> blowing up the cabin. That was that was their first attempt, right? Was... Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was like the most extra thing. <laughs> Trying to blow him up. It was great, though. Like, you just and you hear him screaming and you're like, yeah, there he goes. Mm-hmm. Nope. Nope. He nope. is definitely not dead. Because who got the phone call? Either Eva Eva got Eva. A call from he him. called Eva yep. because Grace was oh, he was probably mad because Grace had bought them Liz like oh, his daughter Lizzo and tickets. the yep. Lizzo tickets. 
so he was going to probably yell at oh. Eva. But it's like we saw just a few moments before that he has to be outside to get the signal. So Eva gets the call. The house explodes. I'm like, yes. And I'm like, no, <laughs> he was outside. Shit. <laughs> so I mean, so like awful. right away, I'm just like rooting, like we said, rooting for this dude's death. And so with each failed attempt, it was kind of like, damn it. So close. Mm-hmm. Um, so Becca has the idea. She finds the freezer downstairs. Becca goes over to JP's mom's house, Minna, and she does massage therapy and they're just friends. They hang out, shoot the shit. And it's a real, it's really, really cute. I think it's great because Becca doesn't like, sure, Eva raised her, but like, this is more of a mother figure to her. Yes, absolutely. I kind of had the same thought too, because at one point Becca says to Eva, like in a fight, like, or maybe doesn't say it to Eva, but says that Eva wasn't the mom she wanted. Right. Yeah. yeah. Cause like BB or someone says to Becca, like you, you're like her daughter. You're You're the the daughter daughter she never had. Yep. And she's like, well, she's the mother I never wanted. Like, yikes ow yeah but it's like yeah so they so becca and minna have this really adorable relationship becca has the idea that you know since jp goes over to minna's house every week to drop off groceries she's like yeah then he goes down into the basement and hangs out there for a while so becca finds the weird taxidermy basement with the freezer and eventually jp's dad's body in the bottom drawer Mm-hmm. So she has the idea that when JP comes over on a Friday night, she's going to shove him in there, close the door, you know, lock it and lower the temperature. Side note, that whole lower, uh, like raise or lower the temperature for a freezer <laughs> with a little Becca. Oh, that was so cute. It was cute. <laughs> she took that second to pause for them to make sure she had it right. Um, but so it kind of works. We hear someone come down into the basement. Becca's hiding in a closet and you just see that the freezer doors open, Becca slams it shut, turns down the temperature and leaves. And the whole time I'm just like, no, mm-hmm. you know, this, this just, you know, it's not him. You know, it's not him. So that was so fucking heartbreaking and so sad. And then the way they find Minna, like you said, uh, on the freezer floor next with the drawer open with her dead husband's frozen body. Because she That's thinks so that sad. It's so heartbreaking. It's so sad because, you know, Minna's got dementia. So she continues to think that he's going to be home. He's coming mm-hmm. home soon. Oh, so yeah. Sad. Yeah. And then but obviously there was something up with her. I don't know how long she'd had dementia or or what, but there was clearly some issue because JP had had a sister mm-hmm. who died. And then whether JP decided to do this to help his mom or whether his mom, like, dressed him up this way, you see pictures of him alongside his sister. And then you see pictures of him in his sister's clothes. Mm -hmm. So you're like, well, was that something that she pushed him into doing or did he do that to, like, be like, it's okay, mom, she's not really gone. Like, I I don't know. But that kind of gave you that, like, oh, there's there's something not okay about their whole relationship as well even mm-hmm. if it was just based on that trauma from losing his sister mm-hmm. yeah no 100 percent. because then we meet we do meet jp's dad in a flashback and find out how he died and it's jp's fault because he chose not to save his dad um mm-hmm. and i hate to victim blame but honey Dad's working on taxidermy stuff and he's got an eyeball in his mouth and he that's what he ends up choking on and JP does not 
do the Heimlich or anything. He lets him choke. And I'm like, I don't care how long you've been doing that. Don't put tiny marbles in your mouth. <laughs> no. choking hazards. <laughs> so. But at the same time, like how many times have you put like a pin in your mouth? Like if I had to sew on something, mm -hmm. I was like, put that in my mouth. Well, yeah. No. All the time. All the we've, time. We've done it. <laughs> We know better. We do know. as I say, not as I do. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, you definitely get the sense that like the the parent child relationship in JP's family is definitely there's definitely tension there because yeah. his the way the way that conversation goes, there's like the tension and everything. And then, yeah, dad chokes on the eyeball. JP doesn't save him and then just shoves him in the freezer. Mm hmm. And then. Later, after his mom dies, chops him into bits, puts him in a suitcase, and throws him in the lake. Like, what the fuck? Yes. I'm like, you couldn't. Yeah, I don't know. The whole thing is just. Oh, it, it, that's what I'm saying. Like, every time you think he can't top what he's already done, he finds a way. Mm -hmm. Oh yes. Yeah. And I, I forgot to put him on the outline, but real quick, since we're talking about JP, the neighbor Roger and the god-awful thing jp did i love roger, roger so much he was the sweetest oh and i felt bad because it's like he just was not reading the room after after grace left and it was just roger and jp because jp's demeanor would completely alter and just be rude and dismissive and closes the door in roger's face mm -hmm. and the fact that i just felt so bad that roger still thought that they were friends like, yeah, oh, I always at, at first child. I thought he was just coming over to like check on Grace and make sure Grace yes. was okay and yep. all of that. And then when he's like, "You're my friend," and he was like, well, "I'm not your friend," and I'm like, "This guy is not anybody's friend." Mm -mm. No, no. So JP just because he's a sick motherfucker uh, decides to pose as a child online because Roger is like a youth pastor, youth minister, or something like mm -hmm. that. Joins the church's chat room website or whatever. And tries to get Roger, like, I don't know if he thinks Roger is a pedophile or he's just planting, like, the breadcrumbs to lead into the, his eventual questioning. I, yeah, I don't really know, but also I feel like JP's whole, his sexual issues and the way, like, you know, he's like, oh, he doesn't want his daughter to dance a certain way because makes it look like she's asking for it like mm -hmm. he might have some of those issues and tendencies in his brain already mm -hmm. which is why he even thought of that as a way to accuse this guy right like yep. oh like so like, awful like yeah that level of projection and yeah so then jp makes a uh an anonymous call quote anonymous call to the uh police department and about roger so they come take Roger away, take his computer. So now the town is left thinking that Roger is a pedophile, even though they end up not finding anything and yada and all of that stuff. So it's just, and as Roger says at one point, it was just all for sport. Yeah. That's it. And, and that's it. Like, that's really the truth of it. And he doesn't even realize that it was JP until he comes for Minna's funeral or the, the wake or whatever mm -hmm. for Minna. And he sees a little, um, gravestone for um the dog who was another uh innocent victim of the sister's attempts to kill jp right mm, yeah <laughs> oh my god that poor dog 
I mean, I was like, okay, at least they hadn't given us a lot of time to get attached to that dog. Yeah. Unlike Minna, like I was attached to Minna. I was rooting for Minna, but. Yes. I, I was hoping it was going to end up somehow being anybody other than Minna. I was like, I don't know. Did Ben get there somehow or something? Like, whatever. <laughs> I mean, he'd be my next <laughs> my next person i'd be willing to have die in that show he's not my favorite <laughs> yeah not a big fan of of ben you know mm -hmm. but yeah so that's that's roger and so i loved roger i felt so bad for him i felt bad that his name was never officially cleared but i mean the sisters knew but at the same time the harassment he'll face in the neighborhood right. and everything in town yeah i actually was surprised that he remained living there mm -hmm. you know um i mean i guess it was his home and everything and and i get that but you see a couple of like the scene with at the wake and sort of the neighbors looking at him this way and someone walking down the street at a later point kind of side-eyeing him a little bit it's mm -hmm. like yeah it's a false accusation and he's been cleared but that doesn't stop people from thinking one way exactly exactly so but you know, Roger, I think Roger's going to be okay. Yeah. So. I, I have I have plans for Roger yeah. in my head. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and hit up the insurance bros. And I'm sure we'll circle back around to the sisters and JP as we talk about <laughs> these two Looney Tune motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. So we have the half brothers, Matt and Thomas. And Thomas is the one that actually works for the insurance company that like his father started or whatever their family's insurance company matt's just kind of helping out matt and becca in episode one have like a really cute meet cute so you're just like oh these two are gonna like they're so adorable together yada yada mm -hmm. and then you find out how everything's all intertwined and so yeah matt and thomas are investigating the jp's death and the life insurance claim because they're out of money and if they have to pay out they are skint and i know that word through gilmore girls so i was really happy when i heard <laughs> i heard a phrase on in like an irish tv show that i actually knew and didn't have to google it's <laughs> like thank you gilmore girls but thomas says thomas is also married and his wife is pregnant and she's like super pregnant she's uh on bed rest yeah can't do anything so he's got a he's got a lot going on he's very poor thomas is very very stressed out and like I said, at first, I didn't really give a shit about Thomas's problems. <laughs> no, I really didn't. The only thing I felt bad for was his wife being married to him. Like, I just did not like him at first. Exactly. It's like, wh why? Are, why? Yeah. <laughs> but we find out why, at least. We find out why. So we find out that um, their dad uh, basically ran em embezzled the money, ran the company into the ground, like took the claimant's monthly payments and spent it this and that and so they're really their whole business is at this point kind of a fraud kind of a sham yeah and so he doesn't want to get caught and he's still trying to protect protect their dad and matt finds out through because he was like going through stuff right yeah yeah his okay. um teresa thomas's wife sent him down to the desk to like see if he could find some information so that they could kind of be in on it as well and that's mm -hmm. where he found he found that information. He found his father's suicide note. Like previously, he had thought he had just died. Mm -hmm. It was an accident. Um, turned out, no, that because of all these financial issues that you're talking about, he decided he couldn't handle it anymore. And his solution was, 
I'm going to kill myself and put this on my sons? Like, what? Like, okay, we've got we've got some serious parental issues around here. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> yep. So, but at the same time, Matt and Becca are forming a kind of a will-they-won't-they they relationship, a bit of back yes. and forth. And I, I ship it. I, you know, for a while, I really did. I was like, I don't care. These these two are very cute. I, they're so adorable together. But, like, this whole kind of, like, back and forth on whether or not they were going to keep their distance from each other or actually, like, you know, to hell with our families. We're going to kind of Romeo and Juliet it. I mean, not in the unaliving part, but just be with each other. Start <laughs> well, I don't know. Start... Becca had that glass in the last yeah, episode where she, she put the, the pentagram barbital in it right but that's she didn't she didn't go there (laughs) yep eva Eva arrived just in time so just in time i i think the only reason i stayed with them like stayed liking them together is because they met authentically yeah right at one point they both think that they met by like that the other one already knew who they were and so they were just trying to get in and manipulate things but they really truly did just have the meet cute as you called it you know it's like that that early portion of the relationship until they went and questioned becca at her house they really just were getting to know one another and enjoying one another for who they were and so that's why i was kind of okay with it Mm -hmm. i guess i don't know but i can see where it might get a little bit annoying because I also, I I often get frustrated with the whole, oh, they're together, oh, they, they're apart, they're together, they're apart. I think this just felt more like authentic miscommunication or mm-hmm. lack of communication. So I, yeah. I was okay with it, but I, I get you. Yeah. And, you know, and I understand Matt being torn. I mean, he literally tells Becca, like, you're you're asking me to choose between you and my brother, my family. That'd be like asking her or any of the other sisters to choose between a partner and their family. So I understood kind of that conflict within Matt and I, you know, and I get the back and forth because both of them, they're both going through some shit, a lot of, a lot of stuff to, to think about. But after a while, I was like, God damn, y'all are messy. Yeah. Oh no, they absolutely were. Oh yeah. And I don't like not ship them because I think by the end and the way everything wrapped up and the way Matt managed to help, everybody in a sense i mean mm-hmm. grace doesn't get paid but to keep the investigation from moving forward and to keep from his brother having to go bankrupt with a, a now baby now baby daughter um he's managed to convince the grace to drop the claim so yeah. everyone just gets to walk away clean so i was like y'all <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean it's done that sooner <laughs> right again communication <laughs> But you wouldn't have a good story if they communicated. Very I mean, come true. on. <laughs> very true. And and I loved how Matt had very much a hand in kind of figuring it all out. And yeah. who killed JP? So It's kind of one of those like over the top, like you're insurance dudes, not detectives. <laughs> so like, what? Why are you going so hard on this detective work? Like pulling out the bags of trash and ruffling through them and everything. But oh, God. yeah. That was so funny. Every time, every time Thomas picked up a bag of trash from one of the sisters' house, I was just, I kind of made a face like, "Ew, that's so gross." Like, I just think about what's in a bag of garbage. Like, that's right? disgusting, and you're just throwing it. Especially in your back like seat. at Ursula's house, you yes, know? Yes, with yes, with the oh, wet. It is gross and sticky. <laughs> yeah, but then yeah. I loved that we see Matt by the end. He even kind of has that moment of like, Ugh, 
can't believe I'm about to do this. And he grabs a bag of trash. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I will say I did appreciate the, the like half sibling storyline mm-hmm. a bit. So I also have half siblings as in my mix of blended family. And there is this sort of an interesting thing that made me think about my brother. So I have I also have three brothers on my dad's side, all my sisters are on my mom's side. And so growing up, there were two of us. And then my dad and my stepmom, we've been together forever, like since I was four. They later had two children when we were grown. But the two of us there, my brother lived there full time and I was the every other weekend kid, right? So I kind of put myself in Matt's shoes a little bit in that sense of like, you know, I felt like I was missing out on that full relationship, but you know, me, I don't, I haven't actually talked to my brother about this, but I'd be curious too, if he felt kind of like, oh, well you got to like escape or like, you know, because there's always that like grass is greener mentality is like, oh, well, if, you know, even if both sets of parents were equally good or bad or whatever, then the fact that I had an option of somewhere else to go or somewhere else to be, you know, he might have a very different take on that. And and so the information we might share about our parents with one another, I can see sort of that Matt Thomas like, oh, I'm going to protect you from this issue because you've never had to deal with this issue and mm-hmm. so on. Um, yeah, I, I did love the scene, though, where I forget which sister they were talking to. I think it was Eva. But um it was like, oh, this is my brother. He's like half brother. It's like no kidding, because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, for the listeners, you know, Matt is biracial, uh, black, and uh, the father was white. But it just really, really cracked me up in that moment. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, no kidding. Like you've got this ginger, like yep, well, and then- pale, pale white guy, <laughs> and then Matt, and then even Matt's kind of reaction to that, just kind of like. Yeah, like head down a little bit. Like, yeah, that was obvious and unnecessary. I didn't need to say that out loud. It was really cute. Matt's adorable. I think he's, it just, oh, he's so cute. I love him to pieces. But yeah, because they have that, um, Matt and Thomas have a moment. And I think Thomas says something along the lines to Matt about like, you, you were the relief or you got to, kind of alluding to that, yeah, Matt didn't have to deal with the, family day-to-day bullshit mm-hmm. and that it was all all on Thomas and so yeah part of the reason why he wanted to protect Matt from the truth so yeah I just yeah I wouldn't be surprised like I said if I talked to my brother about that in particular I bet he would have he's younger than me so it's a, a little bit different of a dynamic in terms of the protection bit but I think that whole like your experience and my experience were very different mm-hmm. simply because you only came here on weekends so yeah, it just I, I thought the sibling relationships across the board were very authentic and organic. And, and I I really bought the Garvey sisters as sisters. I never felt like like even the, you've got the two brunettes and the three blondes and everything. And you're like, oh, what? But they worked like you could see them feeding off of each other the way oh, they yeah. instigated one another. I was oh, like, yeah. same me and my sisters, we will poke at each other you know as much as we can get away with or we'll call each other out on on each other's bullshit all the time but at the end of the day we're always there for one another and we would like we'd take out jp if there was a jp <laughs> <laughs> nice. that's 
awesome. Luckily, there's not a JP yeah. as far as I'm aware. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree with the the sibling relationships uh, in this in this show. You you definitely got the sense that these five women were sisters doing anything they could to like and just the writing and their behavior like you said and how they they knew kind of how far to take it and even if they did take it a little far it's it's almost like they were immediately sorry mm-hmm. almost you know there was there was one scene with um Ursula and Becca and Ursula tells Becca what JP had done to her with the did to her with the picture and with the photo and tricking her and all of that and uh Becca has a moment where she's very upset and she kind of explodes and yells and starts to walk away and turns back and sees that Ursula is crying. So she immediately, Becca immediately comes back, sits next to Ursula, gives her a big hug. And uh, I think that's yeah. when she tells her, tells Ursula about the plan to kill JP and, but is, is there for her and did not continue to walk away and was like, shit. My yeah hurting. yeah you're like i i needed to push that i need to get that anger out and like only only with siblings do i feel like you can get away with that mm-hmm. right like you say that kind of stuff to a friend mm-hmm. and that can that can break a friendship mm-hmm. but with siblings and it doesn't even have to be blood relation because like i said i i have all these siblings not one of them shares both parents with me but i would i would do the same thing like i would mm-hmm. push them and push them and then when I saw I went too far, I would stop and I would apologize and comfort them and, mm-hmm. and so on. So and I know they do the same back at me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So very, very, very real relations, sibling relationships, very well written and very well portrayed. Loved it. Yes. All right. Well, let's see. We'll talk about before we kind of get around to who actually did it. Because we didn't mention that yet, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think we have, actually. We have. <laughs> Just like the show, we're dragging it out for yes. you. <laughs> um, let's see. Let's talk about Gabriel, Eva's co-worker, oh, real quick. He's so pretty. He's so pretty. Um, <laughs> I was pretty surprised. I was like, what? Like, my note real big is, what? Gabriel's gay? <laughs> didn't see it coming. But for I, real, yeah, I for real did not. Yeah, see it was kind of back and forth for me. Like there were some moments where I was like, maybe, and then it was like, no, he's definitely seeming into her. So, yeah. but I suppose if I were to rewatch it, I maybe would pick up on some of the maybe m- bit more obvious things. But I, I guess maybe because I was reading Eva more than Gabriel, and the way she was kind of leaning into it, and just seeing her happy and flirty, and here's this big sister that's got like. All the things going on, plus carrying around trauma that nobody knows about. Mm-hmm. And and it's like we see how happy they are and how much fun they have together. So that's that's who I I, I think that's what I blame it on. <laughs> I was just No, that's fair. Eva. That's very fair. You like want her to have that happiness. So yep. you're just like, why? Why is this a thing? Oh. I, but I did I really loved like once I was able to look at it as like this is a friendship and not a potential romance it was like I liked their friendship and it Mm -hmm. broke my heart when JP got to him Mm -hmm. when JP was able to get under his skin and say you know oh well I know I know that you're gay and like because Eva's got loose lips and Eva did this I mean literally the guy saw him at the marina on his boat with a date and like it's 2022 who cares or Mm -hmm. 20 whatever it was when it you know but it was definitely it's it's filmed as a contemporary show so it's not like you couldn't be gay 
but right. he was just trying to be discreet. He said my personal life and my professional life, I just kind of keep them separate so that I don't because he obviously has suffered discrimination. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, because but yeah, JP found out on his own. Yeah. You know, he didn't he didn't Grace didn't tell him like, you know, and honestly, the fact that all these men are so surprised that the sisters tell everybody everything. Just like I'm like, come on, that that's just that's a fact of it. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, have you never sisterhood. known sisters? Have you never known a set of siblings before? Come on. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was I was so yeah, I it broke my heart that Gabriel let JP get to him like that. I was like, come on, Gabriel, you're smarter than that. You know better. You know he's making shit up. But then what's unfortunate is that when Gabriel confronted Eva about it. And he's like, and he mentioned something about like, you told your sisters, because that's how JP framed it. You know, there's no denying that there's no of her being like, oh, but I'm so sorry, you know, because she's like, well, they're my sisters. I'm going to tell them these things. And like you said, for him to be for Gabriel to still be upset about that, like, it just the thing is, like, so yeah, I guess I guess because Grace and JP are married, that may have been the issue. Mm. But like, Otherwise, these sisters are never going to know him, right? It's like yep. very separated, right? It's like, oh, we thought he was a, a romantic interest for you. But in order to get my sisters off my back, I had to say like, no, he's not interested. And this is why. And you're not necessarily going to think like, but make sure you don't tell JP because, you know, like, right, yeah, I don't know. No, that's a good point. The fact, not the fact that she told her sisters, but the fact that it still got back to JP, who then threw it. Well, it could have, in theory, right? Because again, that's that's not what what actually happened, right? Grace did not say anything. So it's like JP is just, he's a master manipulator and liar where he can phrase, he can like paint these pictures and just kind of phrase everything where it's plausible. These things are plausible. Ugh. I hate him so much. Oh, I just like this is jumping back to Mm -hmm. the paintball scene though. When he's like, "Oh, we're gonna do paintball like the the hunt the bunny," and and he knew he had to have known Mm -hmm. that the little whatever talisman was gonna be in Grace's pocket. He's like, "Oh, oh," and the fact that he calls his wife Mammy, I'm just like, yeah, every time. I just I can't I can't with that. Like that I think is the thing that made me cringe the most. Even in that birthday scene in the cabin the balloon that he got for mm-hmm. her said mammy on it and i was like oh. no 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 it's so <laughs> gross and i love it because eva even has the line of like if he calls her mammy one more time like she was gonna <laughs> lose it i'm like yes me too me too <laughs> <laughs> and that was like episode two yeah. you know we're just like no we gotta deal with this for the rest of these episodes oh it like yeah i think i i gagged every time (laughs) it was so gross and then the way he would use it to manipulate as well and it's just oh poor poor grace is all i can just continue to say is poor grace yep Yep. until absolutely no more poor grace until no more poor grace yay So I had gotten to the um, episode nine because there's 10 episodes and I sent Bex a message and I was like, oh, my God, it was Grace, wasn't it? Shush, don't tell me. And so I got right. <laughs> I was into- laughing <laughs> like, well, she said, don't tell her. I won't tell her. But yeah. Yeah. So then I'm watching this. So I'm watching the finale and I'm like, OK, 
Maybe it's not Grace. Maybe it was Roger. Because Roger goes up to the... Oh, so I was all, rooting for it to be Roger. I, I would have been fine with that. So in the last episode, it's Grace's birthday. They're at the cabin that's being rebuilt. And they're trying to have like a celebration and, and yada yada. And this is where Grace finds out about what JP did to Eva. And in this moment, in these, this moment of JP being a gaslighting son of a bitch and Grace having enough... She has her no more poor Grace moment. Yes. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, even up to that scene where she went in and was telling her sisters and they, you know, they were saying, well, we did try to kill him, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, Which I was like, you know what? And that's what I appreciate with BB. She's like, let's stop lying to her. We just yes. got to tell her like, we really did. There was a moment where she was crying and you're just like, see, like she doesn't have it in her. She doesn't have like, that's the yes. way I thought of it. It's like, yep. she didn't. She was so beaten down by this man that she didn't have the strength to overcome it. But when she picked her head up off the table, mm -hmm. right in that moment, I was like, oh, oh, no, she definitely did. It's like she, when she said she was sorry mm -hmm. and that because a lot of her sorries are really that like meek yeah. hideaway, like cowering. Sorry. This sorry was like, I'm sorry, but also I did what I did. Yep. <laughs> Yep. So she grabs JP's pajamas and gets it around his neck and chokes and chokes him and chokes and chokes, 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 tighter, tighter, tighter. And I was cheering. I was <laughs> as loud as I could at like midnight. <laughs> <laughs> but then it's like, so we're still getting pieces. The puzzle is not complete yet. You know, we've kind of got the bigger piece, but it's still just like, well, how did the rest of it happen? Because the body is found, JP's body is found on his four-wheeler um, out in the out in the woods somewhere. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> so after after Grace like strangles JP, I was like, oh, that's real clever. You're not going to show us how she got the body down to the, the four-wheeler. And then we find out at the very, very, very end that she had a hand from their the best neighbor ever roger yes. <laughs> poor roger now he's accomplice but um i love that after she killed him she just goes downstairs and puts on a movie and starts knitting like she's clearly in shock of what she's yep. done she's just like i don't know what to do i'm gonna knit mm -hmm. knit crochet i don't know it was two it, needles right yep two needles it was knitting okay. yep <laughs> me and needle crafts we're not we're not real close. Uh <laughs> I only ever learned to crochet. I had a friend show me quick and then the rest were YouTube tutorials and that's that's all I can do. Knitting looks too confusing. <laughs> yeah, I I don't have the patience for it at all. Um but she's watching that movie and she sees the scarf mm -hmm. in the movie and she's sitting there knitting a red scarf and you're just like, "Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Here we go." But yeah, you're right about that whole like, okay, but Grace is this tiny little like 100 pound, five foot mm -hmm. woman. Like she's she's small. She's yeah. very petite. And JP is tall and hefty. And like how she get him down the stairs and outside and like on the four wheeler and down the street. <laughs> it's like, mm -hmm. yep, Roger. Right. I, I, the thing is, I was rooting for like, I was like, if it's not one of the sisters, I hope it was Roger because Roger yep. deserves this. He deserves the the win in this case. 
Absolutely. Yeah, because earlier we see that Roger goes up to the cabin to confront JP because Roger's figured out that JP was the one that called the cops on him. And Roger's whole thing was that he went up there to forgive JP so that he could end up moving on. And so he does. <laughs> oh, yeah, he does. In that, you know, I'm going to help dispose, you know, help frame this all as an accident. But it's like, Roger's not that big of a guy either. So how clumsy could that have been? Oh, Roger I'm sure they Chris. bruised him up real good doing that. Real good. Yep. But then, you know, as we said earlier, Matt has picked up the habit of Thomas's habit of picking up the garbage bags as he's leaving the houses. So Matt's sitting down. He's going through the last trash bag from Grace that he picked up, like from Grace or the cabin or whatever. He sees a DVD. He sees the the red yarn. He put, pops the DVD in, starts watching it. He's rooting through the trash. And then he realizes Matt, oh, this is where she got the idea. <laughs> Matt pieces it all together. Well, except for the Roger part. And... Which is good. We don't need Roger getting, no. like, let Roger go free. <laughs> exactly. Yep, Roger's fine. He's he's going to be just fine now. So leave him alone. Justice for Roger. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's, and that's how Matt figured everything out and talks to Becca about it all. And then next thing we know, uh, the claim is dropped, dismissed, and everyone's going to be fine now yeah so. one more thing about roger yeah, yeah. i just noticed this on the second watch um when matt goes to talk to roger because again they're detectives right. apparently instead of insurance agents <laughs> like I why do you need that. to talk to the neighbor across the street about some guy who died in a cabin in the woods right, right. <laughs> all right it's fine he's in his living room and you see the picture on the table where um where JP has been kind of ripped out of it. And it's mm -hmm. just Grace and Blonded, their daughter. But if you look on his mantle, there is a picture. And I mean, I don't know, because I was watching on the TV. I don't know if maybe if I watched it on my laptop and I took a screenshot and zoomed in, I might see more specifics. But it looks like it's a picture of Roger and Grace and Blonded on his mantle. Oh. So I found that really interesting. Like, I don't know what, maybe, maybe it's not, maybe it's just like he had a wife who was small and, and petite and blonde like Grace was. And, and so maybe he kind of sympathized with her situation because he had a family that was, sure. but there was definitely a, a parallel there. I don't, like I said, I'm not oh. positive it was them, Ooh, but it looked like them. <laughs> oh, I, I, I feel like it wouldn't be a surprise if it was. Um, just because it seemed like he genuinely cares. I think he does have a crush on Grace and Oh yeah, I, I shipped them too. <laughs> oh yeah. And I don't think it's, you know, anything creepy stalkery or anything. At least I hope not. Because I like Roger. No, no, no. I can't I can't have Roger fall into that category. Nope. <laughs> mm -mm, nope. No. So but yeah, so I was very happy though that Roger kind of got his revenge and you know, Roger might not have been the one that actually killed JP, but he certainly had a hand in making sure that he stayed dead. Yes. So. And that Grace got to go free for it. Or, I mean, honestly, she could have pled self-defense and it might have been okay, mm -hmm. but she certainly wouldn't have gotten the insurance payout that she was trying to get. Yep. Um, and so as a result of not getting the insurance payout, she and Blonde had moved in with Eva, mm -hmm. but Eva's got that big house that they all grew up in, so there's plenty of space, and she didn't have her own children, um, which that's a whole other thing we didn't get into, but yeah. um, 
There's so many little tiny pieces. Yep. But she was also Blonnet's godmother. So, you know, she would probably love having her in the house with them as well. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we've said so many times this closeness of the siblings, but you also get that with uh, Blonnet, the niece, and just all the things that they, you know, you, the daughter, and I apologize, I couldn't even pronounce the name correctly while watching it, the show with the closed captioning, because I always want to put an R in there, even though there isn't technically an R. Um, but that's what my my ears kept hearing, and I'm like, no, it's Blonnet, right? Oh, like Blonnard or something like that? Yeah, or... I, I think okay. it was just with the accent, it just sounded like there was an R, but it yeah. was, but it's Blonnet, I think. Anyways. Yeah, I, I think so. But yeah, I, I really liked that, um, just, just that, again, that closeness and how much she loved and looked up to her, to all her aunties and how they mm -hmm. all kind of brought something, something fun and whatever, you know, Lizzo tickets, shopping, um, and so I'm, I am happy that Grace and Blonnet are going to be living with Eva in that amazing fucking house. I loved that. House. Honestly, they all had such great house. Like even Becca's little apartment. I was like, yes. I'd live there. Oh, it was That's so cute. cute. Yes. <laughs> and and Bibi's house was really oh. nice and big and fancy. Yeah. I mean, Ursula's house was it was just crowded. There were. Yeah. I mean, it was very cluttered and, and that part stressed me out, but I think the house itself was cool. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's three kids, parents work like second shirt, third shift. So it's, yeah, there's going to yeah, be. Yeah. It makes clutter. sense. Yeah. It fits, it fits their dynamic for sure. And it's very like, again, very realistic, you know, working mom and, and having it busy, having an affair, the house is, yeah, gonna, right? <laughs> you know, they're, they're going to slip on some of the chores, but I loved BB's house, BB, and what was her wife's name? Nora. Nora, thank you. Um, their house was. I just I love like those big open, very airy, a lot of windows. Yeah. Um, and then in those in some of those scenes, we also see the softer side of BB uh, with their son, and yeah. kind of see like a the, that softer, sillier side of BB. So I I really appreciated that. I love. Yeah, that that, that made that definitely made BB. Um... And not that it wasn't sympathetic to her, but it it, it gave her another dimension for mm -hmm. sure. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. Well, is there anything else that we didn't get to that I'm just trying to go over my notes one more time? My notes are all over the place, but um, sure. I I have something oh. I would love to talk about. Absolutely. The opening credits. Yes. Thank you. I. The first time we watched it, I think we only watched it a couple of times, then we skipped it. But then when I was rewatching it, I refused to because it wasn't until we let it play one time and I'm like, oh, oh, oh. And then after that, I had to watch it every single time and pick up all the clues. So first of all, the song is mm -hmm. it was a oh, Leonard Cohen song. Thank you. That's my my research detective over there on the oh. side. It's a, a Leonard Cohen song. Um, that was redone for the oh, okay. the credits here. And it goes through all these different ways of like people dying potentially, right? But I feel like the opening credits tell the story in reverse. Mm, okay. Right? Like, so the first thing you see is the taxidermy badger. Yes. And, and the eye, eye falls, falls out. out. Yes. And then it, it's like a Rube Goldberg mm -hmm. thing. Um, and you're going through and 
all the different ways that they attempted to kill him are in the credits. Like there's a boat, there's yes. the 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 paintball gun. Yep. Um there's the books. I paused it and I like looked at each book title. And there were a few of them about mushrooms, which is one of the like they talked about like using <laughs> nightcap to kill him. And the <laughs> Ursula's like, no, you can't you can't do this. Oh it's just great. Like every little little bit as it's like going through those the little eye is rolling down through the Rube Goldberg machine and you see all these different ways in which people could potentially die and like the matches that was the yeah. first thing yeah. right is the yes. house yeah but that's the last thing that like burns the picture of JP that's hanging there so I I adore like I I don't think I've seen an opening credit scene that I like I'm so fascinated by in in a long time. It's just it's it's not just that the song is great, but it's got like so much story within the visual there. I I 100. I'm so glad you brought that up because like one of my first notes was I love the opening credits, and I remember when I started it and watching it, I'm like I don't understand anything I'm seeing, but I'm sure it's all going to be really relevant uh, in like 10 hours. <laughs> and yeah, as as I worked my way through, because I wouldn't skip every time. It's kind of like I'd get a couple couple episodes in and then I'd watch and kind of look for some of the stuff. And but definitely by the end, I was like, I get it. But I didn't actually pick up on all like the the kind of backwards of the storytelling. I'm like, you know, that's what I think. And well, I, I feel like it, I don't know if it's exact, but it seems pretty reverse. I'll, I'll definitely have to check that out again. But I yeah. So by the end of the season, I was just like, love it. I mean, I loved it. But it's like now that everything kind of clicked and we've got that the story the visual representation of the season within it mm -hmm. i loved it so much and the soundtrack i love the yes! soundtrack i didn't realize i enjoyed irish music as much as i did but i'm like i'm kind of digging a lot of what i'm hearing yeah if 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 that like soundtracks on itunes or whatever like sign me up i'll i'll purchase it <laughs> yep absolutely yeah that that was that was great i like I said, the first time we kind of watched it only a couple times when we like missed the skip button. Mm -hmm. But by the by about episode eight, I think we let it play and I was like, oh, you know what? So we watched it the last three episodes very carefully and picked up on it. And on the rewatch, I watched it every time and I would like pause, pause, pause mm -hmm. <laughs> as I'm going through <laughs> it. Like, yes, I am that person like combing the opening scene for all the clues oh, I so don't it. do that if this is your first time watching it enjoy the show I mean I know we've spoiled most of it by now but like yeah if you have watched the show go back and like really carefully watch the credits because mm -hmm. oh so cool I love that they got the books too because yeah when they before they brought Ursula in and then yeah they were just like oh yeah we're gonna ex you know extract yada yada from these mushrooms <laughs> and she's and like no, you can't. No. It'll show up. And they're like, see, this is why we need you. <laughs> well, and that's it. Each sister had their own thing that they brought to the table mm -hmm. as well. Like they each had their own reason for wanting him dead mm -hmm. besides saving grace or like in addition to saving grace. But they also had their own skills that they brought to the the table. So Love really, it. really good. Really good. Um. And then I think the other thing is that I want to talk about it's um this is actually technically a remake of a yes. Belgian show. Mm -hmm. Um and I've seen I think it's it's called The Clan but then like when the rights were sold to BBC they renamed it Outlaws. Oh, okay. 
it's not streaming anywhere that I could find right now, like the original Belgian version yeah. of it. But, um, but I think it's it's very like very very precise with the the casting. Um, we were reading about it earlier, and I think instead when they when they drug him mm-hmm. from his nasal spray, mm-hmm. um, they roofie him basically. In this version, they their plan was to drown him in the in the bathtub. But in the other one, they hung him by a noose in the guitar, in the guitar, in the, in the garage. Oh. And his foot was too low that it hit off the sensor and then the garage door opened and the neighbor saw it. That's how they saved him. Oh, no. I can't. I'm like, again, just the the creativity behind this. Like, I don't want to know, like, who wrote this originally. I don't Mm. want to get to know them. I don't need them in my life. They know too many ways to try and kill someone. <laughs> no shit. Oh, I had read that. I had saw that uh, it, that this was based off the series, our limited series as well, The Clan. I didn't know about Outlaw, so that's yeah. Uh, I think it's the same thing. It's okay. just they retitled it or something. Yeah. But I'm just like, in case people are looking for it, those are two different gotcha. titles it appeared under. Gotcha. Well, and then. In my attempt to try and get pronunciation, I started watching an interview with the sisters and um, Sharon Horgan. She's the executive producer and she's one of the writers of this this season. So uh, she did a great job and just kind of mixing in all these different, you know, they, they mentioned that there's a mix of genres of, in this series, you know, thriller, a little bit of comedy, you know, that dark comedy, dark humor, mm-hmm. kind of the whodunit. Um, and it just so well written, so well acted. They did an amazing job. It has been renewed for a second season. So I'm, I'm a little, I'm excited because I love this show and I love these sisters, but at the same time, I'm kind of getting to a point where if something's a limited series or a limited, let it lie, let it lie, leave it be. Yeah. Everything wrapped up so wonderfully, so perfectly with this season, I thought, that mm-hmm. I, I don't know how much more trauma we're going to put these sisters through, how they're going to kind of address a, a second season. Right. Because it was my understanding that at least under Clan, it that too was a limited season and kind of had its story to tell. Right, right. It was very wrapped up. Like when a show ends and there's a couple of cliffhangers here and there. You're like, okay, cool. Give me more. I want to see what else. And a show that does it really well is like it gives you a couple of like pieces that could be cliffhangers, but also wraps it up enough so that if they don't get renewed, mm-hmm. you're content. But um, yeah, I was trying to think like I, you shared that with me and I was like, wait, what? How? What? Because <laughs> uh, I was like, they can't just like kill someone every season, right? can they? Because <laughs> That gets a little, a little bit much. But then I was like, you know what? They could kill off Ben, and I would be okay with that because <laughs> maybe because w- Ursula's got some issues. She needs she needs some saving from her sisters in there too. Yeah, and it doesn't mean that she has to stay with Donald, her husband. Like, if that's not making her happy, that's fine. But like, let let's cut that tie then. If that's the if that's the issue, I mean, obviously you have children. Mm-hmm. It's something you have to deal with, but. There are plenty of divorced people with multiple children that make it work. It's fine. It's going to be fine. Yep. She's the one like 
if if a season were centered around another death or the helping out of another sister, I think because Ursula was also the one I least sympathized with. Mm -hmm. So I I wouldn't mind seeing her story sort of cleared up or cleaned up or you know kind of getting into the depths of that and I really I didn't like Ben yeah I didn't I didn't like him I mean and I didn't even find him that attractive either so (laughs) I just you know Ben's Ben whatever I thought Mm -hmm. he was like I thought he was easy like okay on the eyes and everything sure sure. it's like you know towards the end she actually like so the night that JP died like the sisters they're all kind of up at not at the cabin, but they're up north or wherever the cabin's at. And then they all kind of go their separate right ways. And Ursula goes to Ben and um, spends the night with him. And apparently, yeah, she asks Ben to be the one to kill JP, which I, I must have missed. Maybe I did. Yeah, no, bit, I, but... I didn't catch that either until. Uh, so I that's what I was trying to figure out. Like, did she ask him the night before or did she just ask him? right then and he was shutting her down because he's like you know oh you could do anything i would do anything for you and she's like he's like you won't even do you know like you won't even leave your husband you're not gonna kill for me like please i know better (laughs) but also he's just i don't know i just don't like him yeah and so i i don't know i don't think that she directly asked him but i think she was definitely like kind of alluding to it like the night before again i I don't remember exactly but that was that was a deal breaker for Ben all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, for some reason, I thought that was kind of odd. Like, I guess it shouldn't be when someone asks you to murder someone that shouldn't be a turn on. <laughs> but but I just... like, if you just kill them for me, then I'll leave my husband. Yeah. Like, if you'll kill this third party, <laughs> then I will leave my husband to be with you. Like, mm, no, yeah. girl, I don't buy it either. Yeah. So I was glad that he called her out on that bullshit. He's like, you won't even leave your family and you're telling me you would kill for me. So I was like, yeah, that's, that's a fair point, Ben. But mm-hmm. I, yeah, there was just something about the way he broke up with her that I was just like, it didn't, I didn't like it. Yeah. So if, if there is going to be like another murder, uh, that's who I hope the focus is. But like, also, I don't know that he fully deserves death in the same way that JP did, right? JP, right. you just hated from beginning to end. There was never a moment where you're like, oh, JP. Yeah. Never. Not no. a single moment. Nope. And Ben, it's like, okay, yeah, I don't sympathize with him, but I also feel like if we did flush out his character a little bit more, that I would not... I There's no way I could hate him the same way. Right. I, I don't know. If we were going to have the show continue in like a sort of a fanfic, what happened in the like happy days that came after, then like, I'd love to see Roger and Grace, you know, Mm -hmm. even if it's not a romantic relationship, kind of build their friendship a little bit more. Um, And like to see what Becca and Matt, like what becomes of them at this point, Mm -hmm. you know, because that's now it's a shared secret among them. Yeah. So I don't know, like, yeah. I just want to see some like, happy times for them all like yeah. a, <laughs> a happily ever after. But like, that doesn't necessarily make for interesting television, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, no. But yeah, I, I just, I mean, I want to spend more time with the sisters. I guess that's yeah. really what it boils down to is like, yep, yeah, I'll no idea what they what they're going to do. It, do. it sounds like uh, 
The writers aren't entirely sure yet either. I mean, it's just been renewed, so nothing else has been announced. Gotcha. But, um, yeah, so that's. We'll I mean, I'm always, I'm always there for sister stories. I am a sucker for sister stories, and if you've got five of them, well. I'll, and we were talking about that earlier where we were, we were saying the the sibling dynamic was very well written. Mm-hmm. And I think a big part of that is it's not just like, oh, Bibi and Eva's relationship and, mm-hmm. you know, um, Grace and Becca's relationship. It wasn't just like paired off. It's one thing. So my sisters and I, I used to host a podcast called Why Do We Read This? And it basically connected older or classical kind of great works of literature mm-hmm. with pop culture oh, okay it was a way to get my students to like see the themes that were recurring between old literature and sure. modern stuff um, and I actually had my four sisters on for one episode and we covered Pride and Prejudice and one of the things because there's five sisters in that mm-hmm. one of the things that uh, I don't remember which of them said it but they're like Jane Austen doesn't know how to write five sisters she only had one sister. She knows how to write two sisters. And so when you read Pride and Prejudice, you have Jane and Lizzie, who are like always together. And you have um, Kitty and Lydia, who are always together. And then you've got like Mary, and she's just there and exists and, you know, <laughs> doesn't get a storyline. Mm-hmm. And you don't really see a good inter-sibling relationship. And that's something this show did really well. Mm-hmm. And what I would be excited to see in a continued a continuation of that is just how well written that the various relationships were in this show. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. Yep. More sisters. I didn't know that about um Jane Austen. Yeah. I mean, that, that was like our, our, our read on it. Right. Was yeah. it like she had, she only had one sister and like, she just doesn't, it's almost like, I and obviously the novel is told through like Elizabeth Bennet's perspective and but it's almost like she dismisses her younger sisters outright and <laughs> and like they don't it's just her and Jane and they're yeah it's them against that's everyone it. else and it's yeah. like eh, that's not like yeah do you have moments where one sister is your favorite over another absolutely but those switch mm-hmm. it's not like a a lifelong permanent thing and you're not just gonna like dismiss the other sisters and I say that coming from a family where like three of my sisters are full sisters Mm -hmm. and then I have a half sister Mm -hmm. and it's not like us against them right you know oh yeah there was a tweet a while ago that um kind of along the same lines about like telling being able to tell when an author doesn't have siblings and when they do by how they write and it was something like it was just like sibling one walks in like oh hello brother how is mom and mom's looking for you blah 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 and then the the other one was like hey dirtbag mom's looking for you you piece of shit (laughs) exactly exactly that's like my sister called me earlier and I I don't know which one of us did it this time, but we usually will pick up the phone to each other and go, your face, like just, <laughs> you know, what, like, yep. or another sister, if she calls me, I'll be like, oh, hi, Smelly. You know, like, yeah. that's just who she is. Everyone has their role and we know it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But we don't call each Oh, hello, sister. How are you today? Hello, brother mine. <laughs> no, thanks. We yeah. barely even use each other's names, you know? Yeah, no shit. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, huh, what is my brother's name? No, just kidding. <laughs> Pretty sure it's Brian. Um, okay. All right. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Some days. Could be something like that. 
All right. Well, I think we will go ahead and start wrapping this up. So um, just one last time. So this is our Stray Bubbles. Last chance to bring up anything that was missed. Scenes, episodes, quotes, notes, etc. Bex, do you have anything or do you think you I, got I'm, it all out? I think I got, yeah, because I those the the theme song in the, the intro was like my big one for that. It was just like, yeah, I definitely want to make sure we talk on that. Mm -hmm. um, I guess... I, I it's something you said earlier about the Irish songs I think that with like TV like yeah I like I like the Irish shows like I just watched uh season two of Dairy Girls not mm -hmm. too long ago or three or I think it was season three yeah um and I'm just like yeah I like these shows these, these are good watching shows from other cultures always a plus for me 100% agree um yeah I think I got pretty much everything out um again this the show does have funny moments. There's the one line when they decide to po try to poison JP. Eva says something like, yes, let's poison him like women. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. And then, <laughs> what is it? It's like, let, let's like, let's do this the way like women should or what women always have or yep. something like yep, something along those lines. I loved it. I laughed so freaking hard. And then even when they go to Rufy JP and he's like, they're, they're, they're in the house. They're, whatever the i can't they were back i think in the house looking for the nasal spray oh yeah i dropped it and mm -hmm. jp comes home and so there's three sisters trying to hide in like throughout the upstairs and eva and bb shove themselves under no and becca and becca well becca was in the closet she was hiding because she was no in... becca was under the bed with eva and she farted oh it was becca that's right okay my bad oh, um hysterical yes i was so dying at that i was like so real and they're <laughs> and it's like they're doing this sibling bickering while they're hiding from an abusive piece of shit that they just tried to murder a bunch of times <laughs> and she farts like just i love that i was like yeah well you know sometimes you get a little anxious and your insides are a little in turmoil like you gotta but she's just like really you farted when we were stuck under the bed together oh my gosh oh, i was dying and then and then he was like he could smell that and come in here <laughs> so real oh my gosh oh my god yeah really a lot of really funny moments a lot of kind of just very good like we've said sibling writing so Yes. Yeah. I, I'm here for that. And so if there's a season two, that's what I will be looking for is just more sibling shenanigans. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. They could just spend 10 episodes at the 40 foot. I don't give a shit as long as they're there being all sisterly. So because I will watch it because I enjoy these sisters, the Garvey girls so, so much. So, so much. Yeah. So. I'm glad you I'm glad you were in open to watching it when I threw it out there. I was like, I feel like none of people are talking about this show. I wish more people knew about it. And were, and I mean, maybe they're watching it and just not in my like online bubble. Mm -hmm. But uh, more people need to watch this show. I completely agree. I'm so glad that you recommended it. I absolutely loved it. It's so interesting and funny and thrilling and just had me. I was all in for the ride yay instantly so i'm so glad you get nervous when you when you recommend a show that's not like a big name show and you're like i swear I, mm -hmm. I, it's really good and you're just like if that person doesn't like it it makes you so sad yeah because <laughs> yeah, i finished and i went scrolling through twitter and i'm like give me more give me all the bad sister things and it just it, not there's a little bit but a little it's bit, not but yeah 
it's no thrones or house of dragons and shit like that and that's all yeah. right you know but yeah i was i even told a coworker. Uh, and I hadn't even finished it yet. I was like, I'm watching the show. It's on Apple TV, and I know she doesn't have it. So I was like, you'll have to wait until, you know, maybe we get the DVDs because I work at a library. Um, I was like, but I only have one episode left, and it's so super good, and I think you'd really like it. So she was like, oh, okay, I'll keep an eye out for that. So Yeah, I'm already get the DVDs, of... library. Yeah, <laughs> as soon as they're available. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, obviously. <laughs> All right, well, we will go ahead and move on to the next bit, The Six Degrees of Nicolas Cage, Bad Sisters Season 1 edition, where we will get to Nicolas Cage in six steps or less. Why? Because it's fun, and I like Nicolas Cage and games. I don't know if anybody told you, but, like, I struggle with Nicolas Cage movies. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. I was like, this is going to be so hard for me because, like, I've only seen a handful, and probably the one I like best is Spider-Verse. So... (laughs) that's an amazing one so <laughs> yeah but um I I did recruit my husband to help me out this um I usually when I do it for uh Fenwa Rock with Aaron mm-hmm. on her podcast I recruit um uh, either my husband or my podcast host Kim mm-hmm. and I'm like I need your help with this because there's too many jumping around yep. here but <laughs> we have... got there we got there in one like I I have I have a longer one because I kind of felt guilty about just having a one mm-hmm. so I always feel like that's cheating even though it's like the point is six or less. It's yeah. like how quickly. Um, but it's oh. Sharon Horgan, who plays Eva and is the executive producer, was in The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent with Nicolas Cage. So that was the easy one, right? Yeah. That's the the quick one. But I wanted to go with Anne-Marie Duff as well because I really liked her in Sex Education. Oh, okay. She played Maeve's mother. Uh, it was a, she was only in it for a couple episodes, but... Um, so she was in Sex Education with Jillian Anderson, who is in The First Lady with Viola Davis, who, and this is a stretch because she had a very bit part in this movie, uh, had a small role in the World Trade Center with oh, Nicolas Cage. So I was good. like, I'm going to go with one that's like way out there. No, awesome. I'm glad you got, because I too had Sharon Horgan because as as a Nicolas Cage fan and someone who bought unbearable weight of massive talent on digital the second i could as soon as she popped up i was like that was easy yep (laughs) yep but i did do another one because i was like well that's an easy one and i was like in case um you know you did that well you you did that one as well i wanted to have an extra one so i went with um clay spunk because i was like let's because i was scrolling through his imdb i'm like let's see what else this fella has done so he was, he's also in, or was in The Northman with Willem Dafoe, who was right. in Wild at Heart with Nicolas Cage and Laura Dern. All right. So, All right. Yeah. I was like, neat. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like, I mean, he is, he was the big name in this show. And besides Sharon Horgan, mm. he was the one in the credits who was like, I don't know whether it said with him or and, you know, or featuring like it's it's always kind of that. Oh, yeah. They do it in the order from like biggest name to smallest within the credits. But then there's always that one they tack on the end. And that's kind of like the mm-hmm. ta-da. Yeah. So, yeah, he's I, I just need to see something else with him in it, though. I need to see him as a good guy. Same here. Because he was <laughs> it was oh, he played that role perfectly. 
and oh, so good he so like good. he deserves an emmy for that i'm not gonna lie <laughs> he really does and it's like we've said we love the sisters we love their relationship but in terms of performance i mean clay's fucking i mean they all do but jesus christ he i played an amazing prick <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he did so good no lies all right and last so what has been streaming in your bubble bex well, this morning I also finished up because I was trying to rest because I have a cold, if people can hear that in my nasally voice today. Um, I was finishing up the new season of Young Royals, which I really like. Um, it's a Swedish show. Okay. And it's got the, the Prince of Sweden. He's the second born Prince of Sweden. And then he goes to this fancy private school like you do when you're the Prince of Sweden. Um, and falls in love with the like the Peruvian Swedish scholarship kid okay and so the two guys the two boys like have this relationship that's like kind of hidden and he's the prince and like is it okay or is it not and his mom's like it's not a big deal but then the older brother dies and he has to become the crown prince and so there's like a whole thing about the secrets and the this and the that so I've been watching that. Um, I've been watching the new season of Acapulco, which is also on Apple TV. And the first season I was kind of like, well, do I like this? Do I not? But now I think it's like so much of a caricature mm -hmm. of a show that it's like it's passed into the extremely enjoyable because it doesn't take itself seriously. Oh, nice. Kind of show. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's like an 80s resort um, in Acapulco and this guy who like wanted a summer job there and now he's telling the story to his nephew like 30 well I guess 40 years in the future that's how far we are from the 80s oh, oh god <laughs> I'm sorry oh I, did I just did that to both of us right there <laughs> hey I did the classic thing of thinking the 90s was 10 years ago and then when I yeah. did I was like I just wanted to cry <laughs> Listen, one of my students on Friday in class said Back in the late 1900s. Mm -mm. And I was like, goodbye. Mm -hmm. Fail. <laughs> failed the class. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, we've also been watching Andor. Oh, nice. Which I like it. I, I, I think it's the best Star Wars show consistently. Okay. I sure. did like I did like Mandalorian. Boba Fett was Boba Fett's not Boba very Fett. good. And Boba Fett. <laughs> You know when Boba Fett got good? When Mandalorian and Baby Yoda showed up. That's when it got good. Um, and the Obi-Wan show I didn't really care for. But Andor I'm liking a lot. Mm -hmm. I've heard Just... lots of good things about Andor. We we watched the first episode and then we haven't gone back to it. So I'm... It's slower than the others, but there are 12 episodes. Yep. So it, I feel like it's allowed to kind of draw itself mm -hmm. out like that. Also, Diego Luna, like there's yeah. no other reason to to watch it besides that. Like yeah. Diego Luna, just <laughs> watch it. Um, Los Spookies season three, two. I don't know. The newest season, I think it's season two of Los Spookies is out on HBO. I'm not sure how I feel about that. We're not done with it yet. It's a really ridiculous show in season one and season two. It's super ridiculous. And I'm like, how is this all going to tie together? So hopefully... They pull that all in. It's like a group of people, uh, like 20, 30 somethings in Mexico that 
have this group where they like do horror scenes for people who want like horror recreations okay to like like in the one of the episodes it was like oh i want to scare my kids the students into like thinking that reading is good or something and so like we need a monster who comes in and like tells them oh no this is what happens if you don't listen to your teacher mm -hmm. and <laughs> like um abbott elementary of course uh but that's week to week so watching that one and then also finished dead end paranormal park the new season of that oh. have you watched that so my kids watched the first season and then i knew the second season was coming out so i was like come on come on you guys you you like this you like season one let's let's watch it um they are currently they they got obsessed with steven universe and uh currently craig of the creek which is an adorable show and i love that show so they have not circled back yet to do gotcha. Dead End Paranormal Park. But I, I liked this season a lot, too. Yeah, I really, you know, because like the kids have their shows and we'll kind of kind of zone in or pick up on this and that. But that one I thought was just I thought it was really cute. I thought it was like the cutest thing. And I know it's like so a good. little got some spooky aspects to it. But I was like, this all in all is adorable. And yeah, it's spooky, but not like nightmare inducing. Yeah, it's. Yeah, it's good for, I mean, my eight-year-old's kind of a weenie, and so he didn't have a problem with it, so it's not that scary. There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> a weenie for an eight-year-old, I guess, you know. Right, 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 right. Yeah. No, that's totally understandable. <laughs> well, I I love your list. It is an impressive list. So Yeah, we watch a lot of things, I guess. Yeah. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Well, I my mean, husband's not watches. a big... My husband's not a big binger, so like we watch like one show or we'll watch one or two episodes and kind of rotate through the different shows. Okay. So it works out. Nice. Yeah, my husband's not a big binger either, but he doesn't like having too many shows going on at one time because <laughs> then he gets confused. Yeah, that's fair too. Well, some of those um actually only young young royals and Abbott Elementary are really like he'll watch Abbott Elementary if I'm watching it, but he I don't think he would like go find it and watch it if I didn't mm -hmm. um so there's like four that yeah. we're kind of rotating through I guess oh that's not bad that's pretty yeah. good not too bad <laughs> yeah I think so for us like we are um well I just finished season three of Dairy Girls and I love yes. that show so much I so good it. so good cute ending I like the way they wrapped it up I do too I thought it was really I I really enjoy that show and I went back and I started rewatching season three again but it's like I started Dairy Girls after I finished Bad Sisters and because I was like I just need more Irish women more in Irish my life content. apparently <laughs> <laughs> I mean more Irish women in James no <laughs> yeah. well I love that about Dairy Girls is like whenever they're all in a group they're like oh hey girls yeah <laughs> you know because like if it was a you think of all those like old shows where it's like four male friends and like one girl who's like hanging out with them because mm -hmm. she's a tomboy because yeah. that's the term but you know and they're like oh hey guys hey boys whatever yep. and it's like well james is the only you know guy so everyone else it's girls hey girls what are you girls up to you know and i'm like yes i'm here for james being one of the girls absolutely he declares it in season two i am a dairy girl like yes james <laughs> yes you are and when i watched that show with my husband after i'd watched it a bunch of times um because i knew that he would like the setting of, mm -hmm. um, of the, the show, 90s. the 90s and, and Ireland and the Troubles and everything and, and the soundtrack. And so, and he enjoyed it. But then we got to season, when we finished season two, 
I turned at him and I was like, you're a dairy girl now too. And he's just like, shut up. <laughs> I was like, but you I are. I love it. Yeah. Um, and then we are getting caught up. We were kind of late to the latest season of The Walking Dead. So we're working our way through that and getting caught up. Um, I've, I've liked it so far. I've been a bit more critical on the later seasons of The Walking Dead, but I will have to say, I will always love this show no matter what. So that's good. You know, I mean, otherwise I would have given up on it. Like a lot of people did, but I feel like that's me and supernatural. So I got you. I I understand. Like there's some seasons where you're just like, really, am I doing this to myself? But you keep going and yeah, yeah. You you stop after 325 episodes, but no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Oh, you know, I started, I never finished Supernatural, so I, a while back, went back to try and finish where I left off. I thought I left off somewhere in season seven, Leviathan. That's Um, probably where a lot of people gave up. But it turns out, as I was watching through seasons eight, nine, (laughs) ten, and eleven, I was like, oh shit, I did watch these, but I don't remember, like, anything. That's hysterical. So I got through, and I think I got to... Um, maybe season 14 and I was just like I just can't do it <laughs> you're so close <laughs> I'm so close but I think I just yeah, yeah. but I'll, I'll get there because I'm just when I'm, oh that's the other one I am watching it's not streaming though because it's week to week but um, the Winchester show I I saw the first episode at Comic Con and New York Comic Con mm-hmm. I wasn't positive I was going to give it a chance and then I watched that first episode on a panel and I was like Okay, fine. I will watch it. This they is actually you. pretty good. It's got, <laughs> you know, the showrunner is Robbie Thompson, who is one of my favorite writers when he was on Supernatural. So I'm like, oh, they better not break my heart like the other show did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny because I see so much Supernatural, uh, Winchester's DCL stuff without actually having to follow the topics because mm-hmm. of the people I follow. So I think I've seen some of your tweets and other people's. Um, while watching the Winchesters and it seems like people are kind of some folks are like surprised that it's good or that they're really into it yeah like I think we didn't want to be into it but also it was still that universe so we're like morbidly curious sure yep and and yeah now we're kind of hooked in (laughs) damn it they got us again (laughs) you sons of bitches oh well Hmm. I um yeah I think that's kind of... Oh, and then we watched the Weird Al movie the other night. Weird. Oh, yeah. How was that? Oh, my God. It's so fucking good. <laughs> yeah. All right. I loved it. And I was laughing the entire time. And it's like, when I first watched the trailer, I was like, I already love it. It's already going to be perfect. It's going to be the perfect parody movie of, you know, I figured just like those rags to riches stories and kind of like, uh, you know, the the longer versions of the behind the music. And it was that and, like, so much more. And all right, it was all so, right. I could not stop laughing. And every time they did, like, another little parody, not just a song, but, like, a trope, a movie trope or something, I just would look to my husband and I'd just start giggling. And he's laughing. Cause, and we're, we're Al fans, so. Yeah, yeah. It was, it did not disappoint. Love it. Okay, all right. I will have to check that out. Because I've definitely seen that floating around and been like, well, maybe. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I, it's weird. Like, I say I tend to watch shows because movies are long, but then I'll sit there and watch, like, two or three episodes, <laughs> yep. and I'm like, well, I really could have just watched a movie in that time. <laughs> you know, we finally, finally sat down and watched um, what 
what we do in the shadows the the film oh yeah because again same thing it was like oh it's a movie that's gonna be like and it's only i think the movie's only an hour and a half it's not even that long <laughs> you're like wow i really should just suck it up and watch movies sometimes <laughs> too. yeah i i know what you mean though i've i during spooky season i was going back and getting caught up on some of the horror movies that i've kind of missed out over the years but it was the same thing i'm like i could be watching a show but again, it's the same amount of time. I'd same amount of time, so. but something. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I like movies and all, but I definitely, I think what I like about TV over movies is the depth in which you can develop characters mm -hmm. throughout TV that like sometimes it just doesn't, the, the time doesn't allow for it in in films. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, that's a good point. I like that. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us. So I just want to thank you, Bex, again for joining me today and for the, suggesting this cracker show. Sorry, that's a Dairy Girl saying. I'm just going to try I and work in it. some <laughs> work in the, more of that Irish. Yeah, <laughs> I refrained from doing any attempting any kind of Irish accent because it's just bad and offensive. Yeah, and so... I mean, I'm part Irish, and I definitely wouldn't attempt it either because I think my attempt would be offensive <laughs> in and of itself. <laughs> It's like I can do certain like random words and phrases, but they never came up. So it's fine. Um, but yes, thank you again. And I want to make sure that everyone knows to go listen to Big Reputations because it's a great podcast. I love it. I'm a little behind, but I'm looking forward. I've got a bunch of episodes queued up. Eartha Kit, the Marilyn Monroe. And then, yeah, some of the topics ones too. Like you had a breast, you have a breastfeeding one that I'm really yeah. interested in listening to. So yeah, we um, actually, neither of us are our mothers ourselves. So we asked a bunch of our mother friends uh, for their input on that episode because we're like, we can't really speak to this from experience. So let's ask. That's awesome. No, that's great. So love it. And yeah. And where can your, where can Big Reputations and your other podcasts be found? So, um, Big Reputations is at Big Rep Pod on Twitter and Big Reputations Pod on Instagram. Latinx Visions is at Latinx Visions on both of those platforms. And uh, we're on at Beards Book Club on Twitter only for that podcast. And I am at a single man tier on Twitter as long as it keeps existing. Yep. Who knows how long yeah. that will be. <laughs> I think I think the ones that are left were all just fiddling on the Titanic. That's so, me. Yeah, me like, too. Yay! It's quite the large band. It's quite the ensemble. <laughs> uh -huh. It's like a symphony orchestra right here. <laughs> all right. Well, Bubblies, why don't you go and make sure you check out one of several of Bex's podcasts. Make sure to give her a follow on the socials. And thank you all for listening and keep streaming. Bye. Bye. If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to let me know by rating and reviewing wherever you get your podcast fix. Follow me on Twitter at Streaming Bubble. Find me on Facebook and Instagram as My Streaming Bubble. Have thoughts, suggestions, questions, or want to be tolerated? Email me at MyStreamingBubble at gmail.com. If you want to show your love and support for this little old podcast in monetary form, search My Streaming Bubble over at BuyMeACoffee.com and buy me a cheese wedge. And if you want to take that love and support to the next level, head over to Redbubble where you can find and purchase My Streaming Bubble merch. All monetary support goes right back into this podcast from new recording equipment to night cheese. Thanks for your support and keep streaming. <laughs>